Hey everyone, thank you for joining the Pastor Resources Podcast. Hope you enjoy the reading of our latest article. We deal with our sin. As a whole, we typically do not like to deal with our own mess. I don't think anyone truly loves admitting when they are wrong. I hate being the one to raise my hand and say, hey, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Just this weekend, I remember thinking, well, praying really, God, I've done this, this, and that, and I still messed up, and now I have to apologize. Here's the thing. Not dealing with our sin is the thing that's causing the most destruction in our homes and churches today. We hear, confess sin, and we automatically think some kind of booth or with a priest or some scary concept that that we read briefly about in the celebration of disciplines in the latter half of the book and just didn't really want to deal with. Confessing sin is a strange concept. Telling someone that you've done wrong doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel natural. When I do something out of line, not part of God's desired will or best plan, I don't want to run to someone else, especially someone who matters to me, and tell them all about it. The thing is, this is a normative practice for every believer. Or, to restate it, this is supposed to be a normative practice for every believer. But a lot of us either quit doing it or we've never done it. If we can't name the last time that we confessed sin to the Lord and then to those who know us best, then something is very wrong with our heart. Confession is not a one-time-between-you-and-God concept. It's an ongoing practice that brings healing in your heart and freedom in your life from those things that grip your heart. Confess your sins to others and pray for one another so that you may be healed. James 5 verse 16 And the man who conceals his sin does not prosper. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. Are you wondering why things aren't going right? Are you a pastor and your church isn't experiencing the amazing movement of God that you first envisioned when you accepted the job and came in with all of your ideas and dreams? Those dreams that your church would be the one to change the community that you haven't dealt with your sin yet. Just to be clear, things don't go the way we want them to go all the time. That's life, especially church life. I'm not preaching that if you deal with your mess, then God is going to clearly blow your doors off of your church with growth. I don't know. God chooses to move in special ways at times, and place his favor where he decides. However, it's always seemed to be at the church where his people are in line, which means they confess their sins on the regular. What I'm saying is that if you haven't dealt with your sin, you're in, you're in the way. If you don't practice confession in your life as a norm, then the first thing you must evaluate is your heart. What typically keeps us from confession 
is fear. This is the part of this read where you feel uncomfortable, where you're getting distracted by the thing you don't want someone or anyone to know. If you think it's hard to read this, if you are moving around and that, oh, shush, I don't want to think about this, you ought to try writing it. <laughs> Again, it is a continual thing. The same thoughts of fear roll through our minds every single time. What is this going to cost me? What will people think? If my sin is public, it would ruin my testimony. So it's better for the kingdom if no one knows. What is so interesting to me is that every time I bring confession to the table, when I'm the one to tell on myself, I've always found grace, mercy, and not shame from others, but respect. Confession is a humbling act. There is no way around it. If you confess sin, you are in a humble position, and humility is respected by others. That's a normal response. Humility comes before honor, Proverbs 18.22. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus forgives us. That's why he died for us. But confession helps us deal with our sin. John writes this letter to his church and says, I'm writing you this letter, my children, so that you might not sin. But when you do, this is how we deal with it. First John chapter 2, verse 1. Obvious paraphrasing at the end. When we begin agreeing with Jesus that, yes, my sin is sin, we not only get to experience God's grace in removing that burden, the same burden Adam felt when he was hiding in the garden, and the same burden that David felt as he wrote Psalms 51. That burden of knowing I've done what's not right, but am experiencing forgiveness, and I agree with God about it, but it also makes my next step clear. James chapter 5, verse 16. Once I confess my sin to God, I can see it clearly. John wrote in that same letter that when we bring our sin into the light, we can see it for what it is. We can truly deal with it. When I was a kid, I used to love going to, my, to the garage with my dad as he would work on our cars and trucks. He was a phenomenal mechanic, and as a kid, I wanted to be right in the action with him, doing whatever he did. My job, however, was typically, hold the light, son. I hated holding the light. You know where this story is going. I wanted to be the one turning the wrench and doing the cool hand wipe thing with the red rag when we finished up. But first you have to hold the light before you can do the work. We've got to be able to shine the light on the problem. Confession is shining the light on the dark heart so it can be made clean. You've got to be able to see the problem to fix it. Confessing to Jesus makes it clear 
what needs to be confessed to those we live in community with. I'm defining community as those who know us best and who agree with this idea of how we follow Jesus and why. This is the verbiage used at Watermark and and a concept that I not only learned here, but I have ingrained in my mind because of, well, it's practiced here. That's why. Those people who love you but love Jesus more have both celebrated victory with you and also given you a couple of good shots to the jaw along the way. When we confess to God, when we confess to each other, and then begin to pray for one another, we find healing. It's that simple, and it's stupid repetitive. But this is how it works. This is not a crazy concept. Jesus was not trying to rip us off with or weird us out in a small group. No, he was giving us the secret to freedom from sin through confession to him and to those he calls his church. The problem is, we do not do this. This is not normal. Why is it not normal? Because our pastors don't lead us to it. And what I mean is that they don't do it first. Do this if you really want to know. Go and have coffee with your pastor, and you ask him, when's the last time you confessed sin to an elder and or your small group or community group? If he says, well, I have a list of questions that we can ask, etc. No, not do you ask each other hard questions. What I'm asking is, is when was the last time you walked in, sat down and said, guys, there's something I have to tell you. Then ask him, what was it? Things are going to get real thick, real quick. I used to work with a good friend of mine who would always lead out the beginning of a meeting with a new guy saying, All right, guys, we are going to go around the table and confess our last sexual sin. <laughs> it was a joke, but it was always funny how the air got sucked out of the room for that brief moment. That's going to happen. The way he responds is going to tell you everything you need to know about him as a leader. It just got real. Yes, he's a leader. He goes first. He sets the tone. If he isn't willing to share with you, why in the world would you ever tell him anything you needed healing for? Don't. He's not your guy. Yes, I get it. You don't want to just tell any rando your junk. And at the same time, you are a pastor. If someone has cared enough to sit down and start digging, might be a good time to take some notes. If you are actually in this meeting, the guy across the table is not Rando Joe. Pastors, you must teach your people how to practice confession. Not a sermon, but by practicing it regularly yourself. Not the entire church, but with your elders or your small group or whoever it is that knows you. If you don't, your people won't. And according to Jesus, it's a pretty big deal.
This is one of the two biggest reasons why there is no need for Satan to attack the church right now. We're rendering ourselves completely ineffective all on our own, and it starts at the top. If you have a thought, a question, an argument, or or whatever, I am more than happy to engage in a conversation with you. You can reach me at jofp.ph at gmail.com. Use subject line Casey. I'd like to talk to you about blank. My name is Casey Hubbard. I am a former pastor living in Texas. I own a business with my wife, coach high school football, and pole vault. And I write about family, faith, fashion, and fitness. I believe those of us who say we know Jesus are in desperate need of a change in the way we do things. I've spent my entire life as a part of a church in some capacity. I met Jesus when I was 18 and have spent the last 20 years serving in the church in some capacity. Thirteen-plus years of that was as a paid staff member or professional Christian. At least four years of my life I've been trying to process what it meant to not be on a church staff and still hold that as such a vital part of mine and my family's life. It's been educational, to say the least, having lived on this side of the table now for a few years, giving me a better understanding of what I was truly asking the people who sat in the churches I served in, trying to find a way to appropriately handle all that I've experienced in the church. I've decided to begin to write. More articles and podcasts at www.stellofellow.com. Thanks again for listening to the Pastor Resources Podcast. To read all of our articles, head over to pastorresources.com, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more articles and special interviews.